And everyone was, yes, yes, yes. It was such good soil. Did anyone do it? It was rocky soil? No, it was shallow. Something stole it away? My challenge? Okay, so I want to challenge you to memorize Colossians 1, 15 and following. Again. I almost reminded everyone the other day. No, I'm glad you didn't, because um, how many of y'all thought about it after the initial night? Yeah, that's good. That's progress. Okay, so now, huh? Five times your week? Yeah, yeah. So, so possibly, I'll ask you again. If and when we come back, if we're invited, so, yeah. Whoa. Can't say that anymore. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> um, let's pray. God, uh, I want to say 10,000 things, and you want to say one thing. And so keep me from getting in the way. And, Lord, I just pray that the seed that you have planned, want to plant tonight will fall on really good soil. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, Tim and I like to talk about subjects and beat around things. And one day we were in our kitchen and I said so like if somebody does something like do you need to apologize if you do something against somebody or I mean go to them like do you need to go to them if they've done something against you or if you've done something against them he said no if you've done something against you them you need to go to them and we had this big argument going back and forth and I found scripture that where I figured out who needs to go to who when okay are y'all excited most of you already know the answer but it is about forgiveness and about like It's a topic that is so important and the lack of forgiveness can cause so many mental, emotional, and physical problems, not to mention spiritual problems in our lives. The lack of forgiveness is one of the biggest things that hold us back. It is one of the biggest things that keeps us sitting in our emotions and will not let us move forward. Mm -hmm. And it's the funniest Mm -hmm. thing because we can talk about how we feel and we can talk about what they did to us, but do we ever get to the point where we actually forgive them? Mm -hmm. Like we, we take that step of forgiveness. And the word forgiveness simply means letting go. It means that you just, you know, you've put them on a hook and then you finally have let them off the hook and you're letting them go and you're walking away. Um, so I want to just take you, Tim's going to speak too, and so we're, we're... For hours. For hours. And he told me I only have 18 minutes, so he didn't say it at all. Okay, so I want you, first of all, I have this written down, so I won't forget. First of all, how many of you have your phones? How many of you have a place that you have notes? Okay, I want you to get out your phones and open that place that you keep notes. Because while I'm talking... I've already asked the Holy Spirit to show you who you need to get things right with. And so, I'm giving you the freedom while I'm speaking and the Holy Spirit speaks to you to jot that name down. Okay? And if you don't want anybody to see it, then make up a false name. Superman or whatever, you know. Jerk. I don't care. But just be ready with your phone to pick it up and put it back down. Okay? Is that good? Yep. Everybody going to take that challenge? Yes, okay, here we go. So the first thing I want to do is turn to Matthew 18. And Jen, where'd Jenny go? Okay, Jenny, thank you for reading for me today. I forgot to thank you. Okay, Matthew 18. Do y'all know that 
Um, saying thank you is one of the most powerful things in the world that you can do, not only for each other, but to God. Just to go, thank you. But that's another lesson. See? Okay, here we go. Matthew 18. And this is, let's go to 20. No, no, I read, that's the second one. So you can keep your finger there if you want to. Go to Matthew 5. Go, Matthew 5, 23. And here it says, So, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and suddenly you remember that somebody has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So, you are getting ready to worship God, like tomorrow night, for instance. And you're getting ready to do this, and all of a sudden you remember, dang, that person is mad at me, and I'm not even really sure why, or, oh, man, I really screwed up today. And this, I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget. This is the one where someone has something against you. You did something wrong. They mad at you. Okay, this person is mad at you because you have hurt them. You have inflicted pain of some kind on somebody. And so it is up to you, the weight is on you, to go to them and to say, I'm sorry. Um... I have a real problem that I can get kind of cheeky sometimes, and it's not something I like, and it's my flesh pattern, and sometimes it just comes out in the worst of times. And we were having people over at our house, and one of the sweetest girls who would never say an unkind word to anybody, I was trying to subliminally teach her something, but I was very overt about it. And I said, and I was kind of setting her up to fail, and I set her up, and she said the thing, and then I undercut her and kind of corrected her. And you could tell by her face that it hurt her. And as soon as I did it, it's like in my flesh, I was setting her up to fail. And she saw it and I saw it. And then I didn't know what to do. And she had a meeting and she scooted off. And then I felt horrible. You know that time when you hurt somebody and you know you've hurt them and you just feel horrible, but she's busy. And I said, oh Lord, what do I do? And the Lord was like, you need to go and apologize to her. And just that simple thing will... It will set you free. It will set her free. And, and at the time, we never mentioned the words, but it was later after a meeting. I said, I need to talk to you. And she just looked at me and said, okay. And I said, I was wrong. I set you up, and I got cheeky with you, and I was arrogant, and I named all the things that I did wrong. And there were several of them in a very short period of time. And I said the words, will you forgive me? And she started crying because I had done all those things. She goes, yes, I will. And I said, thank you so much. And she, I don't even know if she had me on a hook, but she let me off the hook. And we have had a very, very, we had a sweet friendship before. I thought I had hurt the friendship, but it has become sweeter because of the way she embraced me afterwards. It was very, very kind. But it was up to me, the weight was on me, to go to her and to ask for forgiveness, okay? And so there are times that we go, oh, it doesn't matter, or we just blow it off, and it's no big deal, or they didn't even notice, you know, that kind of thing. It doesn't matter if they notice. It's up to you to go to them and to make things right. So the weight is on you. Now, let's go to Matthew 18. And Matthew 18, let me get there. Y'all, I got to tell you the truth. I love that y'all have your Bibles on the phone, but there's no sweeter sound than hearing pages. I just love that sound. Hint, hint, hint for the next time we're here. Okay, so uh, Matthew eighteen fifteen. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. 
And the rest of it is really intricate, but I just want to focus on that part right now. This is when somebody hurts you. And it's specifically talking about a believer, but I also think that we can do this with non-believers. But if, and what is interesting about this is if the believer sins against me, then I get to go to that person. In other words, the weight is always on me. Isn't that interesting? You know, that I can do something against somebody, the weight's on me. If somebody does something against me, the weight's on me. The weight's always on me. The weight's always on you to make it right. Because this whole thing is about making it right. We don't ever want to be torn apart. We always want to be together, even if we don't like that person. Because there are sometimes we just don't like people. Um, I have supernaturally many, many times asked God to give me love for people. And supernaturally many, many times he has answered that prayer in abundance. How many of y'all have somebody in your life you just don't like? I love the honesty. Um, I want you to pray this simple prayer. <laughs> Write that person down. <laughs> I want you to pray this simple prayer. God, I want you to love them through me. And you will experience something supernaturally that is amazing. I mean, it, it is amazing, and it will be so between you and God and so intimate, but it will be so beautiful. Just do that. But in this case, you have so much power here with this forgiveness thing and with making things right that it is unimaginable. Um, I remember when I was in eighth grade, I, had, I heard that Sue had gossiped about me. Now, gossip was real new. It ended up being a real stronghold in my life for a long period of time, but I was really getting into the gossip thing at eighth grade. And Sue came up to me, and she said, I know you know that I was talking about you. And I said, uh-huh, I heard. And she said, I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? And at that moment, I had power that I had never had before. It was the most amazing, and I can still, who is I telling? I was telling you today that I can go back in time and retrieve emotions, and I remember from age 13 on, I can literally retrieve these emotions. Um, And so I remember that feeling of power over Sue, and I said, no, I won't forgive you. And I chose not to forgive her because it was so much power, her being very humble and asking me and me saying no, and I walked away. And to this day, I wish I remembered her last name so I could call her up and go, I forgive you, I'm so sorry, because since I have forgiven her, but I can't even remember her last name. And I have such deep regret over that and sorrow, and it is something the Lord always reminds me of because he reminds me of that power that I felt and that I had over her to push her down. Because that's what unforgiveness does. It pushes people down. It says, I am actually better than you, and so I'm going to keep you down there because I'm not going to forgive you. It's a very strange thing that happens. And it happens so subtly that we actually think it's okay because we start acting like the world rather than like believers. Because, see, we're in a kingdom of light. We are not in a kingdom of darkness. In this kingdom of light, we do things differently. The kingdom is upside down to the world. The world is upside down to the kingdom. And here, we forgive people. We ask for forgiveness from people. We do stupid things. We offend people. People do dumb things to us. And we have the beautiful opportunity to make things right with them. Um, who is hearing right now the Holy Spirit speak to them? Because I really do want you to write this down that there's somebody. What I've found is that the little things are much, much harder to forgive than the big things. And people really get hung up on the big things. But I do believe that there's a process that you can go through. And it's very, very important 
to go through the big things. But it's the little things that will really get you tied up. Mm -hmm. First, it'll tie up your left arm, then your right arm, then it'll tie up your leg, and before you know it, you're just walking like this. And you really don't even realize spiritually how crippled you really are because you have held on to this and held on to that. Um, a couple weeks ago when we knew we were coming here, I said, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? He said, I want you to speak on um, forgiving, forgiveness. Not unforgiveness, but forgiveness about actually forgiving people. And um, I, he had me write down people that I still had on the hook. Now, the way you know that you have somebody on the hook is when you think of them, you're still mad. And uh, I wrote down people that, um, like, this has been going on for years. Like, I had a college friend who kind of ghosted me, and I didn't know why. And I'd written her letters and tried to call her and sent her Facebook messages. And then her husband died. And I reached out to her again and sent her pictures from their wedding because I had like a whole stack of pictures that she had never seen. And she's never responded. She still didn't. So then I got mad at her. Like, how dare she ghost me? How dare she treat me like that? And I didn't even realize it, but I've been holding this against her. I've been angry at her because of how she treated me. And you know what? The Lord said, are you going to forgive her? Are you going to let it go? You know what? If she never, ever reconciles with you, are you okay? Well, I guess I have to be. No, 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 Karen. Are you going to forgive her? Yeah, I am. I'm going to forgive her. And there were several other names like that. But then the most recent one that happened was on Facebook. I am involved in a plant exchange. And a year ago, I said I had some irises that I'd love to share with somebody. So this lady said, oh, I would love to get them. But it was like past the time. And so I said, if I still have them next year, I will contact you. And I did. I contacted her a whole year later. And I said, by the way, I have those irises. They're just popping up. She goes, great. When is a good time for me to come? I said, come on Friday. And at 2 o'clock, she said, great, I'll be there. Where's your address? Send her the address. And so that morning, I texted her, and I said, we're still on for today, right? She didn't text back. And I thought, well, I have an obligation. So Tim and I were running errands. I said, I got to be home by 2. I got to be home by 2. So we hurried up a lot of things, skipped a few things, got home. She's not there. So I waited an hour, and I texted her. I said, so, are you going to still be able to come this afternoon? Nothing. Nothing. I was mad. How many of y'all have ever been mad over something like that? Please join my club. Okay. <laughs> um, I, and I was mad, at, and, and I was righteously mad. She did me wrong. She screwed up my afternoon. She messed up my time, and I was mad. Plus, I wanted the irises out of my yard. Tim's, Tim's just ignoring me. He's let me stomp around like he always does because he's sweet. And, um, you know, I can't believe she did that. We could have been doing this. We could have been doing that. And, you know, I, blah, 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 blah. So then... Um, like a week later, she says, oh, I'm so sorry. I just found your text. She said it got lost in a lot of political text asking me for money. And you know how, like, you know, yeah, right. You know, it's just like you're blowing smoke. Like, we had an appointment. It didn't matter if we had the text. We still had the 2 o'clock appointment. So I puffed around about that. For I'm angry at her. I've got her on the hook. I don't like her. That woman makes me mad. And, and I'll still say, you know, that woman with the irises or that iris woman. And it was just this big deal. So then the Lord started working my heart. Are you going to let this go? Well, really, Lord, it's just a thing. It's not that big a deal, you know. I mean, I'm just really mouthing off. Are you going to let this go? What? Are you going to forgive her for making a promise and breaking the promise? Well, okay. But seeing the kingdom... 
the Lord asked you to go the extra mile. Because in the meantime, she texted me. She said, are the irises still available? <laughs> and I'm like, Tim, do you believe this? She has the guts. He goes, who can blame her? You know, what does she have to lose? All she's <laughs> so the Lord is going, go the extra mile. Turn the other cheek. If your brother asks for your coat, give him your cloak as well. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. And I mean, it, this little tiny thing becomes this big deal inside of me. And it is tying my left arm, tying my right arm, twisting my feet together, and I'm walking like this. Because this thing is becoming big. Please tell me y'all have had this happen. And you feel so stupid. And you know it's little and you know it's dumb, but you're right. They're wrong. And dadgum, somebody needs to know about Tim needs to know about that. <laughs> and so I write back and I said, yes, they are. That's all I did. Because I just answered her question. And she said, is there a good time for me to come over? <laughs> yes, there is. And so doggone, she was 20 minutes late. But she did show up, and she got out, and I had already told her, you know, bring your own shovel. And she brought this little pitiful shovel, and I'm just sitting there. I could still feel this angst, you know. She's a real hippie woman, and you can tell she just lives by the seat of her pants. And this, So after a while, she starts digging, and I just couldn't stand it. So I went and got my shovel, and I could just feel the Holy Spirit, like, delighting in me, you know, as I am doing. And so I start digging, and then we start chit-chatting, and I help her pick up all the things and she took a lot of irises and thank you so much I said you're welcome would you like an aloe plant I have some of those too sure so I went an extra mile and gave her aloe plant too and you know when she left the Lord said well done you did good you did good and it was the the Holy Spirit convicts of sin and of righteousness and of judgment we know about the conviction of sin because all of us have felt felt it but how many of y'all have ever felt the conviction of righteousness is a Holy Spirit pat on the back he says you're walking okay. You're doing good. And you know what? He retrieved me from that. I could have handled that perfectly in the flesh, but I did not. That's why I need the Holy Spirit. He leads me and he guides me. And he helps me and he shows me what to do. And he did in that day. But y'all, what the, the main thing I want to leave you with, because I've got a thousand different directions to go in this, is that the weight is on you. If you know somebody in this facility, in this place, has something against you, and you're not even sure why, they're just kind of distant, you ask the Holy Spirit to revive the time, and and, I, and I'm saying be proactive about this, but go to this person and say, I just feel like things aren't right between us. You know, am I misreading something, or have I done something to offend you? And you make it right. Or if you know that you've been rude and arrogant, gossipy, that you've been um, shunning somebody, you need to go, and they know it. You know they know it. You know that they feel it. You feel like you have a little bit of power over them. You need to go to them and apologize. You need to say, I'm sorry. And there are sometimes family members that we've done this to. There are times that um, there are dear friends that we feel like we can do that to them, siblings that we do this to. Um, and I'm just asking you to listen to the Holy Spirit and do what he says. Okay. Thank you. So last night with the guys, we were talking about what the last time we had a Sabbath and what the Lord said. <clears throat> and immediately, I knew that I was supposed to share this tonight. And I thought, Lord, this is sitting on tight but a minute. And um, 
I felt the Holy Spirit say, you remember what Karen said that I told her to teach on? And I thought, oh, that is the right illustration, isn't it, Lord? Mm -hmm. So here's the other side of what she was just talking about. Um, back, Karen has always enjoyed gardening. And back when we lived in Alabama, um, she had had this uh, raised bed, kind of, it wasn't really a bed, but it was a raised thing that was in the yard. And um, one day I was out there weed eating and I looked at it and I thought, oh man, that thing looks terrible. And so I just went ripping down through there with a the weed eater and laid it all down for oh, about man. an inch and a half. And I uh, thought it looked great. I, I had done well. And uh, Karen came out and started crying. And I thought, Oh, 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 I've obviously made a mistake. <laughs> and, um, and I kept trying to figure out, like, what the mistake was, guys. Y'all know that you're thinking, I've, I've obviously done poorly, but I don't know exactly what that was. <laughs> and so, because I'm still thinking, hey, this looks better than it did a few minutes ago. <laughs> and... Um, and so finally she gains composure and looks at me and said, you have killed all of the plants that I had been waiting to come back up. And I thought, oh, oh, those were flowers. <laughs> I have not weed-eated around her flower bed since. I bought, I bought her a battery-powered weed-eater for small tasks. She, uh, she uses it around her own flower beds. For I will not go back around them. I cannot tell the difference between a flower and a weed. And therefore, it's better for me just to stay out of it. Now, fast forward to this last couple of weeks. We have a, a flower garden out in the back that's pretty big. Pretty big. And so she goes out there every day as a matter of fact, she's highly looking forward to getting back in the garden Saturday afternoon. So she goes out there every day and she pulls these weeds. I'm not allowed to accompany her in that process because I tell you, I can't tell the difference between a weed and a flower. Sometimes I even ask, are you sure that's not a weed? Because it, it looks kind of like a weed. Um, so she's out there doing her thing. And she's working through all these pieces, parts, and then every afternoon, I go out there with her and kind of survey both what she's done, and she tells me what flowers are going to come up miraculously because they're not there right now. And in a few days, stuff's coming up, and it's changing, and it's growing, and it's changing color, and I, you know, the heavens are at peace. <laughs> and so I have this time with the Lord, and I'm sitting in my office, and I said, Father, you know, I just... Not for anybody else, not for a sermon, not for a, a teaching, not for a, a thing. I just, I just want to hear you. I want to hear your voice today. I, I just want to know what's on your heart and what's on your mind. And I'd gotten up and walked around the house and walked out on the porch and was just walking around praying and talking to the Lord. And the Lord immediately took me back to her garden area and said, there's life in the weeds. And I thought, really? <laughs> he said, yeah, you, you can't tell the difference between the flower and the weeds. Both of them are alive. And I thought, oh, I never thought about that before. I mean, I always kind of thought I was taking the dross off, right? He said, no, the weeds are alive. 
As a matter of fact, the weeds are environmentally natural. My weeds in North Georgia are different than my weeds were in Alabama. They're different than the weeds here in Tennessee. Some of them are the same, but some of them are dramatically different because of the growing period. They said environmentally, they're natural. It's what happens. You leave it alone, it turns into a forest. It looks like this. Oh. Well, shouldn't I tell Karen to quit spending so much time and energy and, and, and stuff out there in the garden and just let it grow back up? I don't know. You want the yard to look environmentally natural? Or do you want what she's planted in the ground to come up and produce flowers that the bees use and the butterflies come to and bring beauty to that entire side of the yard? I don't know what you want. I thought, well, I'll take her planting over what's natural because there's a bunch of acreage over there that's doing the natural thing and I, I really don't like it all that much. I, I really like some flowers out there. Huh. So you want what I've put in the ground or what your wife's put in the ground? Yeah. Isaiah 61 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. Let's listen to this. So that they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You want what's environmentally natural or do you want the planting of the Lord? Mm -hmm. The planting of the Lord are oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord takes a long time. And the planting of the Lord, if given space, opens up into a massive canopy which the birds of the air nest in and, and animals come and find shelter under, and it is beautiful to look at. But it's the planting of the Lord. Now, there were two, when everything was smaller, somebody gave Karen a, I can't remember the name of it, it's a snowball bush. And she put the snowball bush very close to a butterfly, a chase tree, which some people confused with a butterfly. Some people, me, confused with a butterfly. <laughs> Looks a lot like it. So the chase tree, chase tree is growing and the snowball bush is growing and they just look beautiful out there together like three years ago. And now they're in serious competition with each other. Okay? And so you look out the back door and these two trees are kind of mashed up against each other and neither one of them are doing well because they're fighting for space and just, it's just rough. And, and I look out there and I think, oh, I really need to take that chase tree out and burn it in the fire. Because I can't dig it up. It's way too big to dig up and, and have live. So I just need to do away with it. 
And I thought, this is going to, I'm reliving cutting all of her plants down. And I'm thinking, I, 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 I got I to bring this up and talk through it, right? <laughs> and so one night we're looking at the garden and I said, okay, baby, I want to take that tree and I want to pull it out with a tractor and I want to take it down and burn it. Oh, I can, I can just cut it a little bit and I can cut this one a little bit. And I'll separate them. I said, yeah, it's going to last for about nine months. And then we're going to be right back where we were. It would really be better if we just went ahead and pulled this up now. Would have been great to have pulled it up two years ago, but, but it's time for it to go. Let me think about it. So I think it was the next day or the day after. She said, okay, I'm ready. Go ahead and take it out. It's all right. So I got the front end loader, popped it out of the ground, threw it on the brush pile and burned the brush pile. The other tree looks so much better. So much better. It's got room to grow. It's got everything it needs to succeed, grow larger, and become more beautiful. Some of you are allowing unforgiveness to grow in you. And you've gotten so used to it that you don't want to get rid of it because you don't know what you would do without it. Mm-hmm. It's become the thing that helps you identify who you are. You quit listening to the Lord and you start listening to something that says, I was wronged and therefore I'm a victim. Mm-hmm. And so you go back and you take on all those pieces, parts, and they become your identity. And you look at that thing and the Father comes along and says, the person you need to forgive is X. It's time to get the front end loader pop it out of the ground and burn it on the fire. Mm -hmm. Are you serious? Who will I be if I forgive them? I mean, I've been hanging on to this thing for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I talk to people all the time where it's been 65 years and they're just eaten up inside with this thing that has grown, taken on a life of its own, and are embittered and mean and just livid on the inside. And God says, let me have it. Let me have that. Forgive them. Take them off the hook. Forgive them. Let me have it. Let me have all the hurt. Let me have all the anger. Let me have everything that was done to you. Because as I pull that out of your life, you are the planting of the Lord. And it gives that oak of righteousness the space and the place that it needs to expand and to grow and to become who you are as the planting of the Lord. Never let a weed or unforgiveness or anger or frustration, or anxiety, or unforgiveness, or a list of other things. Never let any of that tell you who you are. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, you are a child of the King. You have the inheritance of a God who loved you so much that He sent His Son to die on your behalf that you might know the Father. He sets you free so that you can make the choice that says, 
I can't tolerate that weed. I want your planting. I want to be the planting of the Lord. I want to be that oak of righteousness. We've got a bunch of oaks at the farm that are massive and hundreds of years old. The limbs in them, on one of the places where I've got a swing, I bet the limb is that big that comes out of the base of this tree that the two of us cannot reach around. How did it get that big? There's nothing growing around it. It was in an old place that used to be a garden spot for generations, and nothing else grew there except it. It's gorgeous on all four sides. It competes with nothing. That's how we were designed to grow. The stuff that the enemy would put in place to take up light, to take up oxygen, to take up resources around you, give over to him quickly. The stuff that the Holy Spirit quickens your mind about, give up quickly. If Karen's, as she was talking, you know it's person X, then are you willing before you go to sleep tonight to let person X off the hook? Lord, I don't feel like I, I can call them right now. I don't feel like I need to go to them, but I, but I know I've got to let them off the hook. Great. Let them off the hook. I know I need to pick up the phone and call them. Great. Pick up the phone and call them. I know I need to go to them. Great. Do what you got to do. But are you willing to give it over to him? You were set free for more than using your freedom as a license to do what you want to do. You were set free to look at the junk that the enemy has seeded and to say, weed won't tolerate it. Weed that's turned into a sizable tree won't tolerate it. This is where it gets weird. Really good tree that I really like but it's competing with the planting of the Lord. Therefore, it's got to go. That's where we get hung up. It's the good stuff. And he'll put his finger on it and release it quickly. Lord, may this seed grow in good soil. Thank you for the individuals in this room. And Lord, I pray that you would prepare every one of our hearts for a time of worship tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. And that you, beginning even right now, would release a spirit of worship and praise Mm -hmm. among your people. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, guys.